Welcome. You're listening to Value Add with Lars Coburn, bringing conversations and reflections that add value to your life. Well, hey, friends, it's been a long time since we've had a Value Add episode, and I just wanted to check in and update you on a few things about uh, our life and what has changed. So in uh, 2018, we welcomed our beautiful daughter, who is about to turn two years old, Ashlyn Sayla Coburn. And uh, really since her birth, I really have been terrible about posting on this podcast. I, I did a little bit of a string of episodes there um, that were kind of in in preparation for my book to be delivered. And so I was excited about that. So I did these like uh, five to six minute episodes. And I talked a lot about a bunch of different topics. And I did it as a devotional series for April but aside from that, I really haven't done much with this podcast, and I'm kind of disappointed with that. But uh, yeah, in 2019, then I poured it on with my book prep and got a chance to finish up my my book. And so that was really exciting and something that I'm really, really proud of, um, the accomplishment and the work that, that went into that. Janelle uh, did the forward. I'm holding the book uh, here, one of the copies that I have, they're, they're available on my website, valueaddconversations.com. And um, on the back of it, it says, Lars lives with his wife and daughter, Ashlyn, in Glendale, California, and he's the family pastor at Glendale Church. Um, and he loves to do life with God in the neighborhood. But that a lot of that is true, but uh, but a lot of things have changed as well about that. So uh, in, in 2020, it's the year of craziness, and uh, we decided to move. Um, so during during COVID, at the beginning of it, we were talking with family, we were talking with our church, and uh, there was no reason to, to worry. Like, uh, our church was doing fine, and I'm, I'm glad to say that, that Glendale's been innovative and uh, a good church home for people virtually, as well as connecting uh, people through Zoom calls and beyond that, um, now even some parking lot ministries and other things. So uh, it wasn't like we were out of a job or, or left hanging. But uh, with Janelle's work being a teacher and us having um, Ashlyn, it was just kind of like, do we really want to uh, both be working full time in a place where we have no family to help us watch our daughter? And Janelle realized that her part-time job was likely going away. It was going to be a full-time job teaching math, and she didn't want to teach middle school math. Uh, so she asked if she could apply other places instead of just waiting around. And obviously, she she also was uh, making sure that she had a job uh, at the end of the year uh, because Pasadena is, is notorious for uh, pink-slipping all of their teachers. So her job being up in the air, we looked at our options, and um, lo and behold, she found a teaching job that would provide enough for us to only need one of us to work full-time, and I was going to be part-time. And we looked at that, and we said, yeah, I think it's worth uh, taking the plunge. And with that, I mean, we went from uh, renting an apartment that was like 650 square feet, and now we, we have bought a house where we have a mortgage, but we've bought a house, uh, and our mortgage payment is less than our rent was. Uh, and that's just the difference in cost of living in Eugene versus um, Eugene, Oregon versus Glendale, California. So a few things have, have radically changed. That was in the summer. In July, we moved up here. And I wrapped up my time with Glendale virtually in August, 
and then um, have been working part-time with my dad's consulting business, Improving Leaders. So you're going to hear on a bunch of these different episodes some different things that I'm doing. So to, you know, the later this week, you're going to hear an episode um, that's just me preaching um, at a little church. And so I'm preaching now weekly for a small rural church, and I'm going to be sharing some of those sermons on the podcast. Uh, you're going to be hearing me and my dad do some reflections on leadership uh, each month. Um, and that'll, that'll be on the podcast as well. Um, so if you want to know more about what we're doing, improvingleaders.org, great, uh, opportunity to find out it's a leadership thing, not just for churches. It's, I mean, that's kind of like an extra bonus thing. Cause we both have a passion and want to bless churches, but all right, the primary thing is repackaging his consulting, uh, business. And he focused mostly on like lean manufacturing for a long time. And so he kind of got kind of pigeonholed, if you will, uh, as a lean guy. His email address was Lean Larry. But really what he discovered in his 10 years of consulting is that it's really a leadership thing. And what he brought to the table was uh, an understanding of leadership and a development of leadership. And how he used Lean was to help people improve, not just improve their processes, but personally as a leader, as a um, boss, as a manager, as uh, all of these things uh, to improve. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit more, more about those things in probably one of the episodes that we do um, towards the end of this month or in January uh, about the improving leaders thing. But I'm really, really excited about this, the chance to have some time on Fridays uh, to sit down in the afternoon and record an episode here and there. Uh, so uh, we also have an update uh, is that uh, in February, uh, we're going to be expecting our second little baby girl, and uh, we're really, really stoked about that. We, in fact, found out we were pregnant the same day that our house offer, the offer on our house, was accepted uh, by, by, the, uh, by the seller. So that was, that was really exciting, and uh, we didn't know that we were going to need the third bedroom right away. We thought, oh, Ashlyn's going to have this great playroom until uh, a baby uh, sibling is born. And here we go. Uh, we've only been in the house six months, and baby sibling is is about to be here. But uh, we've done a lot of work on our house. I think that has been the focus of our last really three or four months. Uh, after kind of just getting here, arriving, getting things uh, sorted out, finding a house, uh, buying it, and then uh, renovating it. So. Uh, if you have questions about uh, renovation ideas, um, we would love to, to talk. If you've got I, you know, questions about like how to decorate and I'll do all of that, Janelle is, is your, definitely your gal. Uh, the point of value-add conversations, if, you, if you, this is like the first time that you've tuned in, I know this is kind of a weird episode. There's not a whole lot of content here. But really it's about kind of continuing the conversation. So in my book, I talk about following Jesus and I talk about three characteristics, three core values, if you will, of humility, gratitude, and simplicity. And the invitation then is that if we live these things out, our lives uh, will be adding value to other people. And that is really what um, John Maxwell and other leadership uh, gurus kind of talk about as being the most important thing, the meaning of life really, is that we want to 
um, live intentionally, and how we do that is by uh, bringing value to other people. And so for, for me, I've thought about how listening helps me add value, how being thankful ha- adds value, and how living simply adds value. Obviously, I have a lot of other ideas about things that add value and other conversations that I'd like to have that don't always make it into a book or maybe I don't need – maybe there's already books out there and I don't need to add to the noise. And so the episodes here are going to be ones that I kind of look at how to not just add to the noise but but have these conversations with you. And so sometimes I'll I'll interview somebody and and that's definitely been the – the mode that I've done in the past, but uh, for these episodes, I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to take the interview method more as the Q&A method, and so what I'd love to do is invite you to to write me an email, uh, Lars Coburn uh, at, uh, at gmail.com, or you can find um, my website, um, valueaddconversations.com, that's what that is, and uh, you can write me on my website as well. And I'd love to hear what your questions are about the conversations I'm having, uh, questions about conversations you'd like to hear me have. Maybe there's something that I haven't talked about yet um, and you'd like to, to cover that. Obviously, uh, this month, I, I don't have a set of questions uh, sent in to me. But if you do have a question and you find this episode, feel free to shoot me an email before the 20th of the month, and it might make it into the uh, the show. Um, I'm going to try and record a couple of these episodes, and, and I'm definitely going to kind of pontificate or at least um, play with ideas, as Janelle would call it, um, some things that I think are worth having, some conversations worth having. So the, the first one um, is how Advent speaks about a dual purpose. So if you're following um, along with the American culture right now, we're getting ready for Christmas. I've got my Christmas lights up. Um, and there's all these great themes in the Christmas season, you know, themes of joy and love and peace, um, themes of, about uh, food and, uh, and, and sharing that together, hospitality, these kind of things. You've got uh, myths around Christmas, like the candy cane story. Um, you've got myths like the Santa myth uh, about gift giving. And we practice all of these things. And, and so it's really, really a fun time. Advent is this uh, Christian um, time where the, the church, and I, I looked it up, it's pretty hard to know exactly when it started and where it came from, but it it became a time of preparation, just like Lent is a preparation time for Easter. It felt like to celebrate the birth of Jesus, we should do some preparation work. The interesting thing is right away, people spent the time in preparation, not just thinking about Jesus's birth and not just reflecting on the passages that I'm familiar with, like from uh, Isaiah or from uh, Malachi and some of these things that are kind of like, oh, you know, yeah, um, these point to Jesus is coming and these are prophets kind of waiting in expectation of a Messiah being born. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. And so we should read these passages and try and embody in our soul and in our presence kind of this waiting expectation for Jesus' birth. But right away, Christians celebrated it as a waiting for the second coming as well. And so Advent is a dual purpose thing. And as we celebrate the baby Jesus, we're also celebrating the King Jesus who's going to come um, riding on the clouds, you know, we're, we're, we're not, 
we're not just waiting for a baby to be born on December 25th. We're not just practicing that kind of waiting. We're actually thinking and reflecting about the waiting for the coming of Christ. And so I'm preaching on First Peter um, this Sunday, and it's just been kind of on my mind. Um, I've, I've talked to some people about uh, the rapture, and I've talked to some people about, um, I've listened to a couple of podcasts about why we don't think about the second coming as much anymore as maybe we did back in the, the 80s and 90s with the Left Behind series and, and other things that were kind of popularizing, um, talking about judgment and the end of time. I think for me, the biggest thing in studying it again has reminded me that uh, I spend a lot of time waiting. Uh, Right now, 2020 pandemic, we're waiting around like crazy for things. And I've realized that I spend a lot of my life waiting for things to happen. I'm waiting for my uh, daughter to be born. Right now, I'm waiting for... Uh, my wife to get home from work. I'm waiting for, um, you know, that that paycheck to so I can pay off the bills. I'm waiting for all these different things, and so um, we spend a lot of our days waiting. And Christians for now two thousand years have been waiting for the return of Christ. And in the texts that we read, especially in the New Testament, most of what we read about the second coming has this underlying assumption that Jesus is going to come back in their generation. And as I think about it, like I don't know much about anybody in my family who lived uh, before 1918. My, my grandmother that I knew pretty well was born in 1918. But other than that, like I never met her parents. Um, she was very old when I was born, in fact, um, because my mom was a late kind of oops baby, not really oops, but um, but a very long time in between. And then I was also uh, a child born to parents much later. Uh, they had waited 10 years after they got married. And so by the time I knew my grandmother, like all of her relatives had passed away for the most part. So I didn't, I have, don't know anybody who lived before the 1920s. And even those have now, for the most part, passed on. My imagination of what the world was like is shaped by movies and, and history books. It's not shaped by actual conversations with real people. Now, take that and extrapolate that 10 times and then double that, right? It's like, that's the kind of thing we're dealing with. We're, we're removed like 40, 50 generations um, from anybody who would be able to say, yeah, 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 I I think I understand um, what it is like to read First Peter, to read First Thessalonians, to read some of these uh, letters from the apostles and say, yeah, I'm waiting for Jesus to come back. And this is how I'm living it out. And so as I read the passages, I kind of feel the need to to wrestle with, okay, well, what is the application that they're making? Because I don't think it's just a shock value. I don't think it's just a left behind, like, you better repent, you know. Uh, Jesus comes in Mark's gospel and says, repent, turn, change your life, for the kingdom of God has come near you. I, I think the message of Christ is enough of a shock value uh, that we don't need, you know, some dramatic... Um, 
the world is going to fall into some great chaos. The world is already in chaos, right? Uh, for for me, my favorite thing to say when somebody says, well, I think the last days are upon us, I want to say, yep, they've been upon us for quite some time now. And uh, and I, I really feel that way, especially when it comes to things like the pandemic that kind of maybe heightens our awareness to the crisis and brokenness in our world. So one of the things that I... Um, realized in my study for this sermon and in the realization that Advent has this dual purpose and it's not just about waiting for baby Jesus, it's also about waiting for King Jesus, Judge Jesus, Jesus who is going to um, meet us and 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 explain things, make things clear, um, is that it's about hope. So how do I live with hope? I mean, like, how do we actually not just wait around, kind of resigned to just let things happen. And I've been thinking about that with the very real way in which I wait for updates from the governors about our state, updates about how many people can be in my home, how how realistic is it that we're going to have a Christmas celebration that's actually more like normal. Um, We've moved closer to family, but we can't actually be with family for these holidays sometimes. And I, I, as I've been thinking about waiting with hope, I've realized that there's there's some practices. And one of the books that uh, I'm returning to during this time is, um, as I'm kind of thinking about my own church planting journey, or maybe not church planting, but at least uh, neighboring journey. And so as I'm thinking about like how to neighbor well with my neighbors during COVID, I've realized, man, I need to have a theology of what neighboring really is because I think so much of my neighboring practices were just simply, okay, well, I'll, I'm going to cook a meal for somebody and I'm going to have them over and I'm going to hope that conversations go one of a couple different directions. And this book, um, Doing Local Theology by Clemens Sedmak, has been a really um, interesting one. And I'll just give you a couple of the different things that he talks about. He he has these uh, interesting way of writing. He uses these theses instead of um, – so he has chapters, but he has these theses in, in amongst the chapters. So um, there's several theses right at the beginning, in fact, even in um, in the first – in the introduction, there's a thesis about um, a thesis about uh, theology is an invitation to wake up and be mindful and attentive. And so, if you're thinking about um, theology or about how we relate to God, um, don't think too complicated. Okay, it's a big word. Just think about how we relate to God. And he has a bunch of different uh, theses um, and theses about that. And um, the invitation to wake up and be mindful is one that I've realized I really need to to be awake while I wait. Hope shapes the way that I wait. It it shapes the way that I don't try and escape my reality, escape from the things that are going on in my life, but I spend more time awake. And so uh, in the sermon, I go to the story of Jesus in the garden and talk about Peter falling asleep and Jesus saying, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. And I, I've realized that I think in my own life, the temptation to turn on the TV, the temptation to um, 
you know, kind of whittle my life away to, to play a video game, to scroll through stuff. They're all opportunities um, to kill time. And yet, what do I lament most of the time? That I don't have enough time, right? Uh, there's just not enough time in the day to get everything done that I want to get done. And yet, I spend and waste so much of that time. And what are we doing um, at home? What are we doing uh, now that a lot of the things that we used to do to waste and to kill time, uh, like going to the mall or going out to eat or um, you know, going to movies, those were things that I loved to do. But they took up a lot of time, in fact. Um, now that there's travel restrictions and saying, hey, it, it would be better for you to stay home, it's better for others that you stay home, um, then you start realizing, hey, we're, we're not able to waste as much time driving or flying or traveling. Uh, and yet I still don't have a good theology for waiting. And so as I'm thinking about trying to neighbor well, as I'm trying to think about raising my daughter well, as I'm trying to think about um, caring for our planet well, uh, caring for my family well, as I'm developing programs to help leaders improve um, and to, to process the, the stuff that my dad has done with his consulting business and bring that to a broader audience and have it to be a blessing to people, I've realized, man, what we really need to do is wake up, be mindful, um, be attentive to what God is doing. And that is really, really difficult. Um, some of the practices that I've realized uh, are helpful for me are things like yoga and deep breathing, going for a run, exercise, those kind of things help me be more kind of uh, alert. Uh, getting a good night's sleep helps me be more alert. Those are really positive things. Things that aren't are things like watching a whole season of some show on Netflix or um, playing a video game. I, I've realized like, man, I really enjoy wasting a lot of time playing a video game. And it's not that I'm not alert during playing, but man, my body is just achy and I'm more tired and exhausted and I'm less available to my daughter and to my family and to the things that are going on around me. I've realized that being outdoors um, has made me be more alert. And uh, in order to be outdoors, I, I need to uh, wake up a little bit at different times. So sleeping in is actually counterproductive for me, even though I like to sleep in and I I enjoy it. It actually is counterproductive because um, I'm less alert and, and awake. Um, being outside uh, is another great way to be awake and alert to uh, my neighbors because I've had some really great conversations socially distanced um, with neighbors just being out in my yard, raking leaves, leaves that were going to fall down. And like literally the day I raked up all the leaves by that night, the leaves were covering over the thing again. So um, sometimes the, the ways that we wait are still kind of futile, maybe in certain ways. They're they, you know, washing the dishes, cleaning up the house. Um, but when my house is in a disarray, when clothes are everywhere, kind of like they are right now, actually, we, we've, uh, we've been up on keeping the dishes and the laundry done and then this week hit and, and uh, we just haven't, haven't stayed up with it. But as, as I think about that, there's, 
there are practices that um, that help me be awake and mindful, and there are things that distract me. Um, when I have one more drink than I probably should um, in that that evening, my stomach and my body has a physical reaction at times. Not so much that I'm hungover, but just to the extent that I'm not able to be as alert and as mindful. And we actually know that in those moments, we shouldn't drive a car. Well, if we need to be more alert and mindful when we're driving a car, we should live that way all of the time. And so that's what I've been thinking about. Hope is like the North Star of our compass. Um, And if our compass is pointing and says north and it's not lining up with the north star, then we're probably using the wrong, uh, our compass is off, if you will. We're using the, we're in the wrong spot. And we need the hope of Jesus' second coming uh, to be like the north star to double check our compass against. Because too much of the time our hope, our our expectations are in uh, people you know, uh, is this person going to treat me well? Am I going to get that raise? Um, will this person fulfill the needs that I need? Um, I think about that in marriage a lot of the time that we, we put a lot of great expectations on our spouses or, um, on our children even. And we try and live through, through them. We want them to smile here. We want them to enjoy Disneyland and yet they're crying and weeping and screaming. Um, that's my favorite example of, of great expectations, right? It's like we have this expectation that this is the most magical place on earth when it's open and safe for us to be there. Um, and yet it's often a place that is a great time waster. Like we stand in lines, our knees hurt, we get cranky. Uh, nobody can agree on which ride to ride. Um, we're hungry and all we have available to us is junk food. Um, you know, it's, it's, Usually we go in the summer and it's really hot and, and miserable. Uh, so there's there's things that we put our hope in and we get disappointed. And those are the things that often uh, are these, these hopes that uh, are human and, and are earthly. And we need to be reminded that we have a heavenly hope of Jesus' second coming of his return. And in that, we don't necessarily go off to some uh, cloudy, you know, uh, uh, finding Neverland, you know, Neverland somewhere over the rainbow. But at the same point, I believe um, that while I may not be able to describe to you what heaven is like in in detail, what I can tell you is that um, all the things that are odd and things that we don't understand, uh, all the things about life that seem mysterious and broken will be made clear and made right. And that is the hope of the second coming, is that in the end, we know that love does truly win. So as uh, we go into this Advent season, um, may you not just wait for the baby Jesus, but may you wait with great hope, great expectation uh, for uh, the the Christ to come uh, and make things right and um, make things um clear uh, to us. And as we wait, um, may that, that hope, um, guide us as we live our lives, lives that, um, are embedded in our, our neighborhood, uh, locally caring for the, the vulnerable among us, 
um, that are present to our families and that are uh, engaged in being uh, attentive and mindful of God's activity in our life. Uh, so uh, thanks for, for tuning in today to Value Add, and I look forward to catching up with you. If you have questions that you want me to cover, topics you want us to, to discuss on the Value Add podcast, uh, send those emails to LarsCoburn at gmail.com or find me on my website, valueaddconversations.com. You can find more about the leadership stuff we're doing on improvingleaders.org and look forward to uh, connecting with you and adding value uh, to this great world that we love. Thanks for tuning in to Value Add. For more great conversations and insights, visit valueaddconversations.com.